Good morning, everyone. This has got to be the most, or the, this is definitely the busiest week in the history of this church. Friday night was baccalaureate service in here. Um, we have no lapel mic because they didn't know how to put that back in and charge. So I'm stuck with this this morning. So please bear with me. If you lose me, I'll come back to the microphone as quickly as I can remember to do so. Um, the kids slept over last night, okay? So if you see anything out of order, just write it off to the kids, okay? Because between baccalaureate Friday night and the kids last night, I have no idea, okay? Today we have a major uh, picnic barbecue to say goodbye to Mike Mishkovsky. Uh, Michael will be moving on by the end of the month. Um, and uh, for lack of wanting to embarrass him, I don't know that he has plans yet, so please just let it go. Uh, he's at that stage. Uh, he decided seminary was not for him, so we're just going let to that, let that be and see what God does, okay? Um, I don't think there are any surprises in the bulletin. There is something in there about love offerings for Mike and for Dimitri. Dimitri is the Romanian gentleman that painted the mural in the food bank hallway. Um, there are envelopes on the table in the narthex and in the vestibule for a love offering uh, for those two gentlemen. Okay? This past week, we had a major um, shipment of food for the food bank, so you can put on hold bringing any other foods right now. Uh, there's plenty of food. Okay, so beans is the only thing we need. All right. Um, there will be a special offering June 12 for the, um, for the flooded areas of the south. Um, please be aware that we're going to use that to um, help the Reformed Church World Service. Um, with their um, with their flood relief program, okay. The other thing I need to warn you about: um, I am without a secretary until the end of the month. Okay, so um, don't ask me anything that <laughs> has to do with the physical plant, because I don't handle it normally. I have no idea. Um, uh, and if I do know something, I'll share it. But if I don't, I don't know what to say. Um, and I'm not sure that Kathy's uh, contactable at this point. I don't know where she is. So thank God she didn't do anything in terms of leaving phone numbers because uh, she won't get bugged. But um, I wanted you to be aware of that in, the, in at least between now and Labor Day weekend. Uh, we're working without a church administrator What did I say? Oh, Memorial Day. I'm telling you, it's been one of those mornings. Um, lots of preparation going on right now for Marie's birthday next weekend. Um, so you'll see lots of uh, getting ready during the week. If you come in and use the building at all, you'll see that uh, they're preparing things for that. I don't know that there are any other announcements before we begin, but if you'll join me in the preparatory prayer, we can prepare our hearts and minds. 
Almighty God, you pour out the spirit of grace and supplication on all who desire it. Deliver us from cold hearts and wandering thoughts, that with steady minds and burning zeal we may worship you in spirit and in truth. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. The peace of Christ be with you. On this beautiful, cloudy Sunday morning, our help is in the name of the Lord, creator of heaven and earth. Grace to you and peace from God, our creator, and the Lord Jesus Christ. In you, O Lord, we seek refuge. Do not let us ever be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver us. Incline your ear to us. Rescue us speedily. Be a rock of refuge for us strong fortress to save us. You are indeed our rock and our fortress. For your namesake, lead us and guide us. Our times are in your hand. The Lord's face shines upon God's servants. God's steadfast love saves us. Come, let us worship the Lord. Please join me in your bulletin for the prayer of confession. As we take our place in worship today before God, we are broken people, and we come asking God for forgiveness. God, our light, our Savior, and our home, we humble ourselves before you, having refused many of your gifts. You invite us to taste that you are good. We cultivate tastes of lesser things. You show us yourself that we might believe. We close our eyes and ears. You offer us refuge and salvation. We resort to violence as we seek our own security. You call us to be living stones, built into a spiritual house. We disobey your word and stumble upon the foundation you provide. Forgive us, God of mercy. Let your face shine upon us again, that we may grow into salvation and serve you with faithfulness and hope. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy immortal one, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Jesus said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Therefore in Christ we stand forgiven. Thanks be to God. Hear what our Lord Jesus Christ says. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. 
This is the greatest and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And so let us live. As we approach the reading of God's word, let us pray. Lift up your hearts. Let us lift them to the Lord our God. Roll away the stone from our ears and our eyes that we might hear and see your truth for us in your word today as it is read and preached. And remove any stoniness of heart, we pray, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The first lesson comes from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 2 through 10. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Come to him, a living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And like living stones, let yourself be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, See, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. To you then who believe, he is precious. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the very head of the corner, and a stone that makes them stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the word, as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is the word of the Lord. The second lesson comes to us from the gospel according to John chapter 14, beginning at verse 1. Paul speaks here, or John speaks here of Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do not know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact, will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There is a lot of things unsure. The scenes that you have been seeing for the past few weeks on television of the flooded homes in the South, the communities hit by tornadoes this past spring as well, Entire families go back to nothing, sites where their house used to be, and there is nothing there anymore. I remember seeing the sites on television of the families whose pictures and heirlooms have been destroyed by the muddy waters and the winds and the storms. And all of these families are struck with the reality that they are not secure anymore. There is nowhere to call home anymore. Two weeks ago, I met with some leaders here in New Brunswick who are trying to organize a permanent housing project or shelter, if you will, a house for the women homeless in New Brunswick. And one of the statements that was made by a, a worker um, in this area at the meeting struck me very, very boldly right in the middle of my face. He said, the homeless do not need a shelter. They need a home. They are not shelterless. They are homeless. And then I began to realize why homeless people tick us off so much. You know why? Why do homeless people really kind of aggravate or irritate us? Because they remind us that we're not home yet. They are the shadow of who we are, but not yet. We don't have a home as Christians, 
There is no Jerusalem for us as there was for the Jews. There is no temple anymore. There is nowhere that you can go and say, God is here. In some way that God is not present everywhere that you are. There is no such thing as a sanctuary. A place where God sort of dwells because the teaching of the gospel from Jesus' own lips is that the only dwelling place of God is in you and me. In you and me. And the reason why the homeless bug us so much is because you and I are constantly on a journey home. But we're not there yet. Do not let your hearts be troubled, Jesus said. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. Now, someone pull out the Bible from the pew and go to John chapter 1 for me and read verses 1 and 2. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. And just please stand where you are and read them nice and loudly for us. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, while you're there, Mike, stay, stay standing while you're there. Okay. Um, go to verse 10 for me and read 10 and 11. Okay, thank you. In these passages, throughout the book of John, the whole idea of Jesus dwelling with us is picking up a theme from the Old Testament and giving it a new dimension. In the Old Testament, God dwelt at the altars. Before the tabernacle, God was worshipped at altars built by stone. Then the tabernacle was designed and it was carried with the people wherever they went. And it was the place where God's people met God. And then there was the temple in Jerusalem. And it was the building of stone and gold and silver and gems. And it was immense and it was beautiful. And then God dwelled there in the Holy of Holies as well. By the time we get to the New Testament, that temple is gone There's another temple that's been built, not nearly as beautiful, not nearly as ornate. But by the time we get the New Testament in our hands, even that second temple is gone. In AD 70, the Romans came in and wiped it right off the face of the earth. There is now no physical place where you can say, God dwells there in holiness. And I have to go there if I want to meet God. That being the case, these words of Jesus in John 14 take on some new light. Because 
Jesus says to them, If you know me, if you see me, you see the Father. Okay? And the disciples say, but we don't get it. We don't understand what you're saying. Okay? Philip says, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. And Jesus says, how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? What is going on here? What is happening here? This is a major transition for these Jewish disciples. I'm going to say some things that may sound shocking to you, but are not necessarily shocking to anyone who's been involved in theological discussions for the past several hundred years. Every human being is designed in the image of God. And in some way, shape, or form that is a mystery, we can say that God dwells in every human being. That is why, according to the law of Moses, to take a life demanded the taking of a life. Why is abortion such a bad, bad thing in most Christians' minds? Because human life is precious. And why is human life precious? Because God dwells in human beings. And when someone says to me, can anyone know God outside of being a Christian? The answer is yes. Yes, you can know God. You can know God as creator. You can know God as judge. You can know God as the first mover of all action and human history. You can know God. But can you know God as father? Now you see, that is what is so radically different about what Jesus is saying to these disciples. There is one word in the New Testament that sets us apart from any other religious tradition, including Judaism. And that is, no other religion on earth addresses God as Father. You will not find any, saw, any prayers in the Jewish prayer books or any other religion that says, our Father who art in heaven. Why? Because you see, this is exactly what Jesus has brought to us. This is why Jesus is the instrument of God's grace to us. This is why Peter says you are a royal priesthood. Because you have God as Father. Now any of you who have never had a father or lost a father, or don't know who your father is, or were adopted and, and had a stepfather, or were divorced and had a stepfather. Father is a powerful, powerful truth, a powerful metaphor for us, whether you are male or female. There is a relationship there. 
There is something about that relationship that is constitutive of our very being. And that means, Jesus says, that you will get it. You will understand when I say to you, I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But they say to him, but we don't understand this place where you're going, Jesus. How, how do we get there? What's the way? And what does Jesus say? Those famous words that are all, you all memorized during vacation, Bible school, and Sunday school when you were kids. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, we as Christians like to take those words and sometimes make Jesus very exclusive. Jesus is the only way, the only truth, the only life. Did he say that? No. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Three words. Why those three words? Because in Jewish culture, the three separate parts of the Old Testament were the law, the prophets, and the writing. The way was how you referred to the writings of the prophets. The truth was the way you referred to the Torah. And the life was the way you referred to the poetic books or the writings. What is Jesus saying? I am the way, the truth, and the I am the fulfillment of all of the Old Testament. I am everything you've always wanted always needed to understand that God loves you like a father. No one else can give you that. No one else can provide you with that. If there's anything unique about us as Christians, it's not that we have Jesus and everybody else doesn't. It's because we have Jesus who has given us God as our Father. Eternally. So that wherever God is, we are at home. We are at home. And in this world of insecurity, our security does not come from what we have. It does not come from what we know. It does not come from what we do. It comes from who we are. And this is why Christians can't afford to have very weak self-image. We need to recognize that if we are in Christ, if we have been baptized into Christ, if our life has been identified with Christ, our bodies are the dwelling place of God. And we are God's. We are God's property. We are God's place. We are where God is. And when we look at each other, we see God. These are tremendously revolutionary ideas for these bunch of Jewish fishermen. They've never heard this before. And you know what? There are too many Christians that haven't either. There are too many of us who live like God is still somebody out there who has to be appeased, 
who somehow has to be made up to, who somehow I've got to figure out how to get on the good side of. God is right here, closer to you than your very breath. And that God is Father to you. That God provides for you, tells you who you are and what you will become, has all the dreams and all the resources necessary to make those dreams come true. And you have all of that because you belong to Christ. Knowing that, how then shall we live? Let's pray. As the way be our path in this life, as the truth be the reality that we live, and as the life grant us the energy to be and do your will now and always, O Lord. Amen. And join me in the words of the Apostles' Creed as we declare our faith in Christ. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. At this time, we come to the morning offering, a place and time in which we give back to God a portion of the blessing we have received. Our gifts and tithes and offerings are given to the work of Christ's church in this place at this time and to his, and to his glory. Father in heaven, we thank you that we are sons and daughters of the living God and that from the bounteous grace and love that you pour out on us in Jesus Christ, these gifts are tokens of but that love. Enable us, O oh Lord, now to give you our lives in return as well. Through Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. You may be seated. To pray for uh, those that are on our hearts, to give thanks, to ask God for uh, everything that we pour out before him. Jesus says in the end of our text today, I will give you whatever you ask in my name. Uh, just before when we had the, the sharing of uh, the peace of Christ, uh, Helen Erdy shared with me um, that uh, Leroy Winchester passed away this past Tuesday. Leroy was husband to Betsy Woodward Winchester. Those of you who remember Carl and Alice, of course, will remember Betsy. Um, they are in Florida. Uh, we sent them a card. If you remember last week, we signed a card and we sent cards wishing them well. Well, um, he passed into glory on Tuesday. There was a service, uh, and there was uh, uh, a family uh, event there. I don't know if they'll come back to this area at all for the family here. I don't know what the plans are, and they haven't communicated anything to Helen. 
But um, we will put the address for mailing sympathy cards to Betsy uh, in the bulletin, uh, hopefully for either next week or the following, so that you'll be able to send the sympathy cards, okay? There is no greater joy on your part, O Lord, than to give to your children. In that giving, you gave us your only begotten Son. And if that is a measure of what we can expect, there is no limit. We thank you today for that gift to us and for the opportunity to share with you from our hearts today the concerns that we bring into the worship service before you this morning. In this very room on Friday, people graduated. Last Sunday, thousands graduated from Rutgers and universities all over the United States and probably around the world in the past few weeks and a few weeks ahead. Those graduates go into a very uncertain world. And we pray for them. We pray that you will bless them with opportunities to build new lives in which they can provide for their families and themselves and give back to the world uh, from their own lives and from their own treasures. In that way, we pray for Nick as well as he faces his future. And as uncertain as the future is for all of us, especially for our young men and women, we ask your Holy Spirit to guide and direct and comfort and console as they wait upon you. Likewise, we pray for Mike as he looks at his future. And we thank you for the years that he's been with us and that he has become part of who we are. And we're grateful for those years spent together. We're grateful for the way he has touched the lives of our young people. We're grateful for the way he's touched each of our hearts and lives. And now as he opens up new doors and opportunities into the future, we pray that you would continue to guide and direct him and bless him and lead him in the way. We pray this morning for Betsy Winchester in the death of Roy. We pray that you would console and comfort her for his children and family as well, that in this grief they would find you ever present to them as father. We pray for Ellen in her hardship, for your grace for her, as well as for Julie and Philip as they serve abroad, that you would keep them safe and bless their endeavors. We pray for Crystal, who likewise mourns, for Asia and Macy as they go into rehab. We ask that you would grant them the ability to face their demons and to find new strength in community. We pray for John as he looks at job opportunity in the face and ask that you would provide for him as well. And we celebrate today. We celebrate the Beals' 24 years of marriage, a wonderful metaphor for the continuing fellowship that is ours as the bride of Christ with you. We thank you today for the way you are constantly with us, providing for us, 
and the way that you provided for us in teaching us how to pray. Praying boldly what Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. I have one last closing announcement. On Tuesday of this week, I am going to the Catholic Retreat Center in Ringwood to pick up a truckload of uh, furniture that we'll be using for the coffee house, the women's shelter, temporary women's shelter, uh, and for the um, kitchen upstairs. So I will need some help unloading that uh, Tuesday afternoon around 2.30. If you are available Tuesday afternoon at 2.30, I'll be coming back from there uh, by then, and we'll need some help just unloading that from the truck. I've, I've rented a U-Haul truck for the purpose, uh, and we'll store some of the things downstairs. Other pieces we'll actually be able to put into place when, we get, uh, when they get here. Okay? So I'm just sending out uh, those at that petition. If you're available, please feel free to come and help. If not, don't feel guilty. Uh, everything will come together. All right? Um, we have a special event scheduled in the parlor uh, to say goodbye to Mike um, and the ladies uh, and gentlemen from the young people's families uh, have put together a nice little barbecue picnic uh, coffee hour for us and we want to invite anyone who might uh, be visiting with us or uh, feel uncomfortable to join us in fellowship with us in the hour afterward. Okay. Let us go and walk the way set before us in the truth that we know into a life of service to Jesus Christ. And may the grace of the Lord, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit go with us now until Christ returns in glory and then forever. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.